That's Christmas in Northridge right there. You like it or you, you hate it, one of the two, but that's what you get. So, uh, no, that was awesome. Thank you, guys. Man, I feel much better now. I, this is uh, that was amazing. Well, again, I want to say welcome to you. Merry Christmas. We have, like, balcony seating here tonight, so that's pretty awesome. Um, but no, seriously, Merry Christmas to all of you. We're so glad that you guys are here um, tonight. We are here to worship and celebrate the fact that God sent his one and only son, Jesus, as our Lord and our Savior. That's why we're here tonight. Now, we have a lot of fun. We are loud. We are crazy. But that's because we believe God wants us to have an incredible, joyous, amazing life. But he also wants us to know that he sent Jesus for all of us. And so that's why we're here tonight is to celebrate that. And uh, for those of you here, check us out for the first time. Tanya already got to welcome you, but I just want to say this. Uh, this is for everybody, but especially for those of you who are new because you've never experienced us before. <laughs> After that, maybe you don't want to again. That's, that's cool. But seriously, you're here for the first time. We want you to know something that's really important to you, but you, we want you to know it's also important to us. And that is that this is a safe place for you. That our church is a safe place for you to ask real questions, honest questions, hard questions about God, about Jesus, about the Bible, about faith, about whatever questions you might have. We look forward to those. Some churches be kind of be like, eh, we don't ask that here. We will not say that. We will dig in with you. We will engage with you. And when we don't know the answer, because we don't always, we're going to try to seek it together with you. We promise that to you. This is a safe place, and we're just glad that you're here. And even if you're here, and you would say, you know, I'm just here because the family's here, and I'm not even sure if I believe in God. And you're wondering, is this still safe for me? And my answer to you is absolutely. We're just glad that you're here tonight, seriously. And so Merry Christmas to you. Um, well, it is Christmas Eve, which means, of course, tomorrow is Christmas. Funny how that works, right? And, and so I want to ask us a very simple question to start tonight. And the question is, why Christmas? I told you it was simple. <laughs> Two words. Why Christmas? Why do we spend all these weeks shopping, decorating? By the way, decorating. How much fun is decorating for Christmas? You know what I love? I love stringing all the lights on a Christmas tree or, or on my house and spending 27 hours doing that. And then when I plug them in, I forgot to test them, and I realized half of them don't work from last year. How many of you feel the joy and peace of Christmas in that moment? Yeah, me neither. I want to throw something, right? Why do we do this? Why do we get so excited and do all this stuff and spend weeks and weeks and weeks making a big deal about a baby arriving to earth? Why Christmas? What's so important about it? Well, to answer that question, we need to obviously go to the Christmas story. So I want to start tonight. I almost said this morning, dear. My, my wife, she, she, met, she said good morning right away. I almost said that just now. But tonight what we want to do is we want to unpack the Christmas story. But more than that, I want to talk about why Christmas. Why are we here? Why do we do this? What's important about it? Because the answer is not because it's a tradition. I'll just tell you that that's not one of the answers. 
And so we're going to dig into this. I want to start by, by reading a passage out of Luke chapter 2. It's not the whole Christmas story as told by God, but it is part of the Christmas story as told by God in his word in the book of Luke. So let me read it for you, and then we'll kind of unpack it for a little bit. Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 1. At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census, and because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly... An angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. The Christmas story is told by God in the Gospel of Luke. So the question is, right, why Christmas? Because the truth is that what I just read is the reason you're here tonight. Those words that I just read is why you're here. Now, some of you would push back on me and say, no, I'm here because my wife dragged me here. Or, no, I'm here because my kids wanted to come for cookies. Or, no, I came because this is what we do on Christmas Eve. We go to church, right? This is what we do. It's a tradition. Or whatever else, maybe, you know, argument you would make. And what I would say is, that's all probably true for some of us in here. But it's also true is the reason you you, you are, are here ultimately stems from the fact that the Christmas story exists. The fact that God sent his son Jesus to the earth as a baby. That's why we're here tonight. But it doesn't answer the question, why Christmas, though? Why a baby? Why did God send Jesus? Right? It doesn't answer that question. It doesn't really answer why all of this exists and why we're here. And so I want to answer that question. There's a lot of answers to that question. We could spend, well, we could spend all night here. Don't worry. I'm not going to do that to you guys. All right? But I do want to give you a couple of answers. And the first answer, I want to start by giving you an illustration to try to illustrate why God sent his son, Jesus. So uh, last year at Christmas, my parents, my, my mother and father, gave my son, their grandson, my youngest one, Tanner, who is now six years old. So last Christmas, he was five. They gave him a very special Christmas present. The Christmas present was a book. Now, a lot of you would say, special Christmas present for a five-year-old, and it's a book? (laughs) He must really love reading, right? It was a book. But not just any book. They gave him a special book that was made directly and completely for him. And I have a picture of it. We can show it up there on the screens. Okay, This is the book. His name is Tanner, and so the book is Tanner's Very Own Trucks. 
a very special gift for him. And what this book is all about is it's all about Tanner, literally. Now, no, they didn't find this in a store, but they had this book made for him. Some of you, I know, you're starting to look at your phones to see if you can get from Amazon what you need for tomorrow morning. Let me just tell you, they're not that good, okay? They're not that good. But what you do is you go through this book, and on each page of this book, there are different trucks on here. And the trucks have a different letter. And of course, as you imagine, what they're doing is they're dragging a different letter, and eventually they spell Tanner's first name, and then they spell his last name. And all the trucks say, like this one is an ambulance, Tanner's Rescue Service. Isn't that cool? And then by the end of the book, you get to the very end of the book, and of course, by the end, he's read all these different things, and at the end, you get to where it says his name on the sign. I can't find it, but there it is. I would not be a good kindergarten teacher, just so you know. Right? Now, my question to you is, this is a very special book, but my question to you is, why? Why is this such a special book to Tanner? It's because it's personal, right? Is this book special to everybody? Like if I gave this to you, if I wrapped this up and gave it to you guys, would you be like, oh, that's awesome, thank you. You're so cheap, you just grabbed the first thing you saw. <laughs> of course it's not gonna be special to you because it wasn't for you, right? The thing that makes this book special is that it's personal. It's for Tanner. Well, this brings us to the first point of Christmas and the story in Jesus. The reason God sent Jesus to earth as a baby is because he wants us to understand that Jesus and God is personal. Now, maybe you've never heard that. Maybe you've heard of God is big. Maybe you've heard his God is, is mighty. Maybe you've heard God is omnipotent. Maybe you've heard that God should be feared and you should respect him. All of those things might be true. But let me tell you something that is also very true. And that is that God is personal. He knows you. He knows you better than you know you. That's scary, isn't it? Because <laughs> you know you pretty well. God knows you extremely well. He's personal. He knows exactly who you are. He knows what you've been. He knows what you're going to be. He knows you. It's a personal thing. And when we talk about Jesus arriving on earth, one of the reasons that God sent his son Jesus is because he is a personal God. In fact, let me just tell you something that you've probably already heard. God sent Jesus to save you from your sins, right? You've heard that. You know that Jesus came as a baby, but then eventually he grew up and then he died on a cross to give you forgiveness of your sins. He took your punishment for you. He took my punishment for me and died on the cross for me so that I had, could have my sins taken away. That's true. Why would he do that? You know why? Because God is personal. In fact, let me tell you something else that's true. Maybe you never thought about it this way. I want you to imagine that you're the only person on the earth. Did you know that if you were the only person that existed on the earth, God still would have sent Jesus as a baby and would still send Jesus to die on the cross for you, even if you're the only person. You know why I know that? Because he loves everyone. It's all encompassing, but it's also that he loves you. Each one of you. God is personal. Now, 
you may not get that idea from a church that seems kind of more rigid and structured and cold, to be honest. We don't, sometimes churches don't do a very good job of communicating the fact that God loves you and is personal, wants to be personal with you. But I'm here to tell you that he is personal and he does desire that. In fact, we've been talking about, a lot of you haven't been here for the last couple of weeks maybe, or this is your first time, so you wouldn't know this, but we've been in this series called What's in the Box? And we've been talking about this silver box over here, and I'm going to walk over here for just a second. And we've been talking about what's in the box and everything, and, and, and what's going on and everything. Uh, you know, light's in the box, worship's in the box, servanthood is in the box. But what I didn't tell you yet is I told you I was going to reveal to you the most important part of the box. You know what the most important part of the box is? It's not what's in the box. It's not how the box is wrapped. It's what was on the box. The most important part of that box of the Christmas story is not what's in the box. It's the label on the box. Let me ask you this. When you see a Christmas gift and you see the label, what are the two things that the label tells you? The label tells you who it's for and who it's from. Let me just be maybe the first to tell you, if you haven't heard it before, that the reason God sent Jesus is to be a personal, specific gift to you, for you, from God. Yes, it was for everybody. Yes, he loves everyone. But it was also just for you. So you have these little things that you had on your chair. The reason we gave those to you, and those of you, uh, if we had to add chairs, maybe we get, didn't get these, we'll get one for you. <laughs> but here's what I would encourage you to do tonight. To remind you, to remember that God is personal, that he loves you. I want you to take this label with you, this tag, this Christmas tag. And you can put your name on there if you want. Some of you are going to do that. If you're my wife, she was a third grade teacher. She's putting her name on there. And she's going to write it perfectly. Mine, you're not going to be able to tell it's my name. <laughs> I'll just kind of... But, but whether you put your name on here or not, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this card, this tag, and I want you to take it. I want you to put it somewhere. Maybe you hang it from a mirror. Maybe you tuck it in your Bible. Maybe you put it next to your bed. Maybe you put it on your mirror so when you're getting ready in the bathroom in the morning, whatever it is, somewhere where you can see this so it will remind you that God loves you and God sent Jesus for you and he wants to save you from your sins and he is personal to you. He knows everything about you and he loves you. This is a reminder that God loves you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, for you. You can do that or not, but this is that reminder, and that's why we gave that to you. Don't say we didn't give you something tonight. But the truth is, this is what the Bible talks about. This is what the Christmas story is all about. And maybe you're here and you say, I've never heard this in the Bible. I don't, are you serious that all of this stuff is in the Bible, that God is personal, that God sent Jesus to, to, to come as a baby and that he came to earth and, and, and died on a cross and rose from the grave and all that stuff? And, and maybe you've never heard that God is that intimate, that personal with you. Well, I can tell you that all of that stuff is in here, in God's word. It's all in here. In fact, let me encourage you to do something tonight. Well, you don't have to do it tonight, although maybe you will. 
But let me encourage you to do something. I encourage you to get into this book, into God's word. Now, some of you right away when I say that, you probably think what I think. That thing is huge, right? How many of you, when, when a teacher hands you something and it's a book and it's like, you know, half of your height and you go, read it over Christmas. How many of you are like, yeah, a couple of you do. The rest of us go, ah, right? This book is massive. It's huge. How many of you, if I gave it to you and said, hey, I want you to just open up and, and read like uh, a, a passage from Psalms. How many of you are like, ah, you start sweating, right? Because it's like, this thing is, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even know. I don't know where to start. Then you'd probably be like everybody, including me who studied the Bible for a while. It's intimidating. It's hard to understand. It was written close to 2,000 years ago, and for the Old Testament, more than that, almost maybe three, 4,000 years ago. This was written a long time ago. It's hard to understand. What are we talking about in here? So let me encourage you with something. If you're wondering with that, you, you kind of have an idea that I'm going somewhere with this, right? Next month, this is a big deal. I'm excited about this. Next month, we're going to start a series and we're, gonna, we're calling it Engage with the Bible, okay? Engage the Bible. And, and now, here's what we're not going to do. This is not an apologetic series. For, so in January, you're not going to defend the Bible and the authority and the truth in the Bible. We've done that. We've talked about that. There's time and place for that. That's fantastic. Nothing wrong with that. That's not what we're going to do in this. What we're going to do in this series is we're going to unpack what the Bible is. What is it? Where'd the Bible come from? How do you read the Bible? Like if I were to open the Bible and start reading, where would I go? Anybody ever ask that question in here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know because about a third of you have probably asked me that, <laughs> which I get because it's huge. I, you don't know where to start. Who knows where to start? Right? It's not like, you know, this is the beginning and then at the end it says the end. So I just start at the beginning. Right? And so we're going to talk about how to read the Bible. We're going to talk about how to find stuff in the Bible. We're going to talk about how the Bible's organized. How's that sound? I think this is something that we need, isn't it? All right, so I'm just really excited about that. That's in January. But I encourage you to engage with the Bible, with God's Word. All right? But let's move on to the second question that I will answer tonight. The second question is kind of tied to why Christmas. And the question is, but why did God choose to answer the question with a baby named Jesus. Have you ever wondered that? Why did God send Jesus as a baby to earth to lie in a manger and do all the stuff so that we would do all the things that we do now? Have you ever wondered that? So I want to answer that question again with a little bit different way. You've probably heard that, well, God sent Jesus because he loves you. God sent Jesus to forgive your sins. I mentioned all those things, right? Um, but that's true, but there's another deeper reason behind it. In fact, it's why Jesus died on the cross for you. To take away your sins, yes, that's the theological reason. But did you know that there's a much deeper, more personal reason? And in order to answer that, I want to go to a different passage of Scripture, the last passage of Scripture, actually, that we're going to read tonight. It's John chapter 10. And in here, Jesus is speaking, and he's actually comparing himself. He's describing who he is to the group of people that he's with, and he's describing who people who are against him are. Okay, so he's describing himself, 
and he's describing other people. So listen to how he, what he does. He describes himself as the shepherd and the gate to get into the, sh- uh, the sheep pen. He describes himself as a shepherd and a gate, and he describes the devil and anybody against Jesus as thieves and robbers. And then guess who you and I are, all the rest of the people? We get to be sheep in this play. <laughs> How good does your sheep sound? <laughs> right? Woohoo! Exciting. Okay? But I want to just read what Jesus says in this passage because it's a powerful thing that he says. Listen to what Jesus... These are Jesus' words spoken by him. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. In other words, he's saying, anybody sneaking over the wall, they don't have good intentions for your life. That's what he's saying. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they what? Because they know his voice. Now, Jesus pauses for a moment here because he realizes not everybody's understanding, and now he's going to explain it. So I'm going to skip down to verse 6. Listen to what he says. He said, those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. Again, they didn't understand, so listen to what he says. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers. In other words, they claim to be good and they claim to be able to save you from yourself and from our sins and all that stuff, but they were false. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. So the question that you might be asking is, why'd you read that to us? I don't know how that answers the question, why Jesus? Jesus answers the question in that passage. You know what it is? Why, did, why Jesus came is not just to save you from your sins, not just because God loves you. It's because he actually wants to have a relationship with you. Did you notice that? The sheep know his voice. It's kind of hard to know somebody's voice unless you have a relationship with them. Right? And this is what Jesus is talking about. He's the shepherd and the sheep know my voice. He says, I desire to have a relationship with them. In fact, let me tell you what the last verse of this little section is. This is how Jesus ends it. And actually, this comes from the NIV version, the very next verse after what I just read. Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Now, those of you that are part of Northridge, you already know this, but our motto here at Northridge is live full of life. We put it on everything. No, this is not me selling it. We don't have them for sale, so you can't get any. All right? We only do it a couple of times a year, so this is not a plug. This is to show you we put it on everything. If I just noticed Tanya had it on when she was up here doing announcements, right? When she's welcoming you, she had a shirt on. It said, live full of life. You know where that came from? From that verse. John 10, 10, from Jesus' words. He said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full, that you can have a full life. Jesus came so that you can have the best life possible. The best life possible. That's what our church is about. It's about giving people the best life they could possibly have. And we believe that the answer to that is a life with Jesus at the center. 
And we didn't come up with that. Jesus did. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, so what does this mean? Well, this means that God wants a relationship with you, but in order to have a relationship, you need to know him, right? So let me give you one last illustration and then we're going to finish up. I want to show you a video, a video clip, I would say. It's not a long video. It's only about a minute, minute and a half, something like that. But this is a very interesting video. It comes from the country of Norway. So you're going to hear some different sounds and some different uh, uh, words and things like that that we have not, we probably don't know. It's not English, all right? But it comes from Norway, and they do this experiment where they have uh, three people go out to a sheep pasture and try to call the sheep in, right? And, And they have three different people do it one after the other. And there's a whole bunch of people, you're going to hear them in the background, they're laughing at them. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And then the fourth person that gets up there, you'll see just the, the camera is kind of from the back of the person. And then the fourth person that comes up is the shepherd. They call him the farmer here, but he's the shepherd. And I want you to notice what happens between these four people. You guys might guess what you think is going to happen. Well, let's take a look and see what happens. Here you go. One more time. Notice the huge difference. Huge difference. And by huge, I mean when the first three people called the sheep, it looked like when I call my own children sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Dad's talking to us, whatever. Keep playing Xbox, right? (laughs) But did you notice the huge difference? There was a massive difference between the people that the sheep knew and the ones they didn't. What we know is the shepherd knew the sheep, but what was also obvious, and did you notice the sheep didn't come right away, but did you notice their heads? You have to notice all their head, a lot of their heads popped up. They're like, oh, wait, I know that voice. My question to you tonight is simple. Do you know the voice of the shepherd? 
Do you know God's voice? That's the invitation that God is giving you tonight. Every day. God is saying to you, I sent my one and only son as the shepherd to call out to you. A gift for you from God. All you have to do is actually accept it. That's it. That's what God's offer is. All you have to do is accept it. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to fix the fence. You don't have to do the, you know, you simply have to believe in Jesus. That's it. And so tonight, the whole point of Christmas is simply that. Will you respond to the shepherd who's calling to you? And saying, come here, I love you. Find rest, find forgiveness for your sins, find freedom for your life. Will you accept him? Will you believe in him? I'm going to pray in just a moment. And we're not going to belabor it, right? A lot of churches, we, could, we have music and we drum it up and all the thing, and let's get everybody crying, and whatever. We're not going to belabor it. All I want to say is God loves you. And he's offering you the best gift that you could have, which is freedom for your soul. Will you accept it? So in a moment, I'm going to pray. And if you've never accepted that or heard the voice of the shepherd, I encourage you to do that tonight. Because what that means is eternity with God after this earth. That's what it means. That's what he offers to you. So as I pray, if you want to give your life to Christ tonight, I give you the opportunity. And those of us in here, if you've given your life to Christ, maybe this is an opportunity where you realize, I haven't been listening to the shepherd. <laughs> I look like the sheep and the first three people. God's been calling to me, and I've just been saying, no thanks. Maybe you just need to re-up tonight. That's cool too. So would you join me in prayer? Let's pray. God, I thank you for everybody that's here tonight. I know that they made a huge effort to be here and get the family ready and get all ready to go. But I thank you for each and every person that's here tonight. And God, right now, I simply want to offer this as an opportunity for anybody here who has never accepted the free gift that you have offered to them. If there's anybody here tonight who wants to give their life to Jesus, all they have to do is say that they believe in you, ask for forgiveness for their sins, and commit their life to you. So God, if there's anybody here that wants to give their life to Jesus, I pray that they would simply pray this prayer. They can pray it out loud. You guys can pray it out loud. Or you can just pray it in your heart to God. It's between you and God anyway. It's not between us. not between this church. It's not between me and you. 
between you and God. This is you receiving the gift that's already been offered. So if you're here and you want to give your life to Jesus, simply pray this prayer. Jesus, I believe in you tonight. Tonight, I give my life to you. Forgive me of my sins. Today, I commit my life to you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. If there's anybody here who maybe they're just not sure what they need to do or maybe they are feeling and sensing that that they haven't maybe been everything that they should be. Maybe they, they know you, Jesus. They put their trust in you maybe a long time ago, maybe recently. But if there's anybody here who's just discouraged, who's lost, who's angry, who's frustrated with life, I pray that you would bring them encouragement. I pray, God, that they would have peace from you and that they would realize that you are the shepherd who is calling to them, who is giving them your voice, which is the voice that can solve and take everything else and make it so much better in the joy and the peace that you can bring. I pray that people would have encouragement tonight, that they would realize that you love them and that you want a personal relationship with them and that you want to help them. I ask all of these things and I pray all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.